tonight. Three points at the front, diabolical shit show at the back as Arsenal win at home to West Ham, but look more like a feces throwing monkey than a cheetah in full flight. Toby and I discuss the butthole club and our new German friend on this, another Ask Brothers Rankcast. Hello Toby, how are you mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm alright Max, how are you? Mate, I am tired as fuck, I've done some obscene amount of days in a row at work and uh, my brain is not fucking working. How about you mate? Yeah, me me too, I'm uh, grinding through fucking life and winter and um, yeah, struggle town at the moment so I'm imbibing a little bit of wine to try and help life be a little bit less shit. What tonight. are you imbibing tonight, Toby? Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon from Barossa Earthworks. Yum. It's... I am actually drinking a Holgate Beesville Bubs Jewels 2016 Aged Cat Series. What the fuck? Yeah, it was given to me by a... Oh, I just broke Victoria's good scissors trying to open it. Fucking hide yeah. them. Eat a dick. Hide them. Oh, I guess now they're broken. I'll just use them to get the rest of it open. <coughs> they're oh. already broken. No, I fucked them. They're gone, mate. Mm. She's not going to be happy. But the beer's open. <laughs> and that's the important thing. All right. <sighs> mate, I've already told you this, but I'm going to tell it to the listeners. So this week, one of the reasons why Toby and I have been less than up to date with getting our podcast out on time is because the two of us are not the most technically gifted people in the world when it comes to computers. So I asked Ali, who's my manager, who runs my bar for me at work, to set us up a Dropbox. And at this stage, I didn't really understand what a Dropbox was. I actually rang him up and I said, surely there is some way that files can exist and not be sent through an email. And he said to me, mate, that thing exists and it's existed for a long time. Would you like me mm-hmm. to set it up? <laughs> so I said to him, yeah, set it up. Like, how hard can it be? So he sets me up a Dropbox and he names the Dropbox the Butthole Club. Which is appropriate for us. Which is very appropriate for us in a, you know, the way that we generally talk to each other anyway. So I said to him, how do I invite Toby? How do, how do I make the, it so... Into the Butthole How do club. I make it so Toby can put things... Inside in the butthole, butthole club. club. Yeah. How do I how do I give him an invitation to join the butthole club and become a member? And Ali says to me, just put his email in in the little tab thing and it will send him an invitation. And then he's just got to click on the link. So what did I do, Toby? I fucking got your email wrong. Yes. As it turns out, there is a German version of me. There is a German Toby Ver. And this German Toby Ware, un, un, unbeknownst to me, beknownst? Unbeknownst? Unbeknownst, yeah. yeah. I, I got that? I think so, yeah. Cell yeah. five. Cell five. Um, unbeknownst to me, I, I thought I'd just send it to you because I'd sent it to toby.ware at gmail.com. And I get this email from Toby Ware from Berlin because your email is tobes.ware. I get an email from Toby Ware in Berlin asking me why I've asked him to join my butthole club. And and this was not good, yeah? Well, he didn't seem to be super angry and considering the German steamer comes from Germany, you know, you never know whether these guys could be into it. So anyway, I got this email back and instantly, you know, my brain, the way my brain works, it's like, okay, I've got to take this and I've got to run with it. So I just sent him an email back because he said, why have you asked me to join your butthole club? And I just said... A mutual friend of ours told me you might be into it. (laughs) (laughs) I've not had a response yet, mate, but the butthole club is the way my week started in in true Max fashion. (laughs) I think we've well and truly ostracised any chance of uh, breaking into the German market. What fucking percentage is that beer? 17%. Wow. I, I have okay. 750 milliliters of 17% beer sitting in front of me. So you're effectively drinking a bottle of wine. Oh yeah, I'm going to be drunk as shit by the end of this. Well, what would a what would a normal bottle of red be? 12 to 14, 16% possibly. Yeah. 
So you have a beer that's stronger than wine. Wine, yep. So it's going to be like a bottle and a, a quarter mm. of wine mm. in beer in beer variety. I'm going to fire it into my gut. I'm so fucking tired and over my life, I think I'm going to lift my two glass limit for the night. So um, we'll see where this takes us, Maxi boy. Danger zone. Maybe we should talk about some football. Ah, I thought we were just going to have a whole show about the butthole club. But no, we probably should talk about football. So um, Arsenal at home to West Ham. Not a fantastic game by by any stretch of the imagination. Probably our worst game out of the three that we've played. But we've Ooh, come away with call. points. We've come big away with call. points. Yeah, well, I mean, as we sort of get through it, I, th- I think we'll, we'll, we'll sort of touch mm. on the reasons why it, mm. it wasn't I as good I and why I thought that we looked like... You know, an absolute shit show, shit show at the back. Um, feces throwing. Oh yeah, why we look like a more like a feces throwing monkey than a cheetah in full flight. Um, mm. Team selections, Toby. Was there anything in there that particularly surprised you? Anything in there that you you didn't think was going to happen, or you did think that was going to happen? I know last week we were both pretty adamant that we didn't think Xhaka would play, and we both thought that Awobi would keep his spot. Thoughts, discussion, go. Well, look, we were half right. Awobi starting again, more than happy with that. I, I think his his size and his physicality and, and the way he um, brought something different to that left-hand side was was really... It was, it was a good aspect of our, our game, and I was really happy to see him there. I think it brings balance. Um, Rambo back in at the 10 after supposedly being dropped last week. You know, I'm not unhappy to see that either. You know, he... He he brings something different. He's got a work rate that we're desiring at the moment. Um, Ozil being out ill, you know, that's not great. I was actually looking forward to seeing him against a, a supposed lesser team. Um, but it is what it is. You know, he, he's a guy that, that has proven to be sick quite a lot, whether it's, whether it's, it's mental. I think it's eight or times. Eight times seven, since he's Seven since Arsenal. January. Yeah. Seven since, since January. With so, no one else. With no one else you know, getting sick. And you're talking about pretty fit elite athletes as well who, who you know, I mean, the whole flu thing gets thrown around too much anyway. Um, but in terms of going down with a common cold or an infection, you wouldn't think. So I, I'm a little bit hesitant as to what is actually going on. But in any case, I've said a few times now, I don't know if Rambo, Ozil and Mkhitaryan all fit in the same team. Um, so anyway, I'm not unhappy with that. I think it, it shows that we can be a bit more solid, um, and a little bit more positionally, um, aware, you know, check in again, happy with that. I was, I mean, I've I've been a huge advocate for check. I think he's had a a cracking start to the season and, um, more than happy with him. I mean, he's, he's a leader. I think we're lucky to have him and, I actually think he's showing his best form in the, in an Arsenal shirt. I think it's really interesting to see a 36-year-old guy with that much fight. Oh, he's a fucking dude. Look, don't forget Dave Seaman played till he was 45. So just keep that in your mind. How old was Edwin van der Sar? I think van der Sar might have... Did van 40. der Sar win the 40, Champions 40, League at 38 or something like that? I think he's yeah. one of the... Something like that. He's one of the oldest keepers... Uh, and keepers can go. Keepers can well, go on forever it? as well. Juve, Fulham, Manu. Yeah, you forget he spent all that time at Fulham, don't you? That's right. He did. He did very well. Um, and then the the other thing I'd like us to discuss. Um, so no Lacazette, even though we thought he'd probably earned a spot last week with his second half performance. I got the distinct feeling that that was Emery. He, if he's going to get the most out of Aubameyang. If he's going to get that killer instinct out of him, the only way he's going to get that killer instinct out of him is by getting him to play. Agreed, and and I think and I think he's gone. He said, "I prefer one up top." You know, there's more balance to the team that way, especially with your defensive duties. So, and when Awobi was it, man of the match last week, I think we both absolutely. said that we think that Emery is a guy who is going to play guys as long as they are playing well. And that's right. And he doesn't seem to mind if someone has a bad game; he'll haul them off. You know, if they've earned it, he'll play them again. And that's that's exactly what we wanted. In our previous regime, there was always the favourites. So 
as fans, we couldn't ask for any more. So no How long do you think it's going to take us to stop talking about the previous regime? Two oh, years? About, Three about years? About 11, 11 years, maybe half of the 22-year reign. Do you think we will still be comparing you know, how we play when we're two managers on from this? Will we still be comparing I, I to think, Arsenal? I think, I think we'll be talking about Arsenal when we're old men ourselves. Yep. What a guy. What a guy. Uh, no Torreira. I'm really struggling to understand this this no Torreira thing. The only thing that, that makes sense to me is that either he picked up an injury somewhere during the World Cup. No, he was just underdone. Just underdone. But everyone's underdone, all. mate. Everyone's underdone. Like yeah, half the he, city team he, are he, underdone. Yeah, look, he, 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 he was on the fringe. I think next week he'll be in proper. He'll be in for good. Um, well, I've, I've got, got a, thoughts. I've got a big point about that later on. So no, no, well, well so do I. We'll, we'll see if I have. Ooh, a I wonder if I it's will... the same point. No, what? I reckon you and I are going to clash on this one. We tend to follow similar thought processes, but I, I reckon, I reckon um, this week we're gonna we're gonna very much disagree. Jacker in again. What did you think of that? Did you think that was because Ozil was out? Because for me, that that was something that got written, oh, you know, had Ozil have played, had Ozil have not had, you know, the inverted commas flu, then Jacker mm. wouldn't have played. I wonder if maybe Genduzi would have played the deepest and Ramsey actually would have pay, played in the position you were calling for him to play in last week yeah, in well, that I, number I'd eight. I'd like to see Ramsey play deeper, but I don't want to see him playing with Genduzi. That's not a good. That's not a good balance. No, no, I, I, I don't think that's a good balance either, mate. So to answer your question, just to sum it up, Jacker playing, I didn't have a problem with it because his partner was Guendouzi. So I really think we have to look at the the base of midfield as a partnership, rather than just one or the other. Well, that segues us pretty well into formation, actually, cool. because there was definitely a change from. Game one to game two, and yeah. definitely a change from game two to game three. Not mm. so much in the defensive four, if we can call it a four, but much more in who the trigger point midfielders were. For me, from the whistle, it looked like Arsenal were running out in a four-three-three. But as the game moved on, and we'll, we'll get pretty into we'll get pretty in depth into this later on in the pod. But as the game moved on. I had them in a 2-1-4-3. So two centre-backs with Xhaka predominantly playing the deepest lying role in front of them. Then a line of four being Monreal, Ramsey, Genduzi, and Bellerin mm. with a, you know almost an inverted two and then Aubameyang up top. It was a, it was a strange formation. Well, it was it was it was lopsided, wasn't it? You had Rambo and Mkhitaryan favouring the the right hand side slightly, and then Awobi was covering the left more by himself. Uh, yeah, and Awobi started off quite brightly and then just just absolutely disappeared. I've I've got notes early on in the game being like, yeah, you know, Wobes has really grabbed this and he's going with it, but nothing came through his side for the first I half an hour. I don't think Wobes did a lot wrong. To be honest, apart from losing possession, we'll get into that later. But so much of our play was geared towards towards that right hand side, and I think it's something about combinations and personnel and and Bellerin overlapping and all that stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how that progresses in the future. But definitely, that was our main attacking weapon. But in saying that, it was also it was also the way that we got attacked at the most. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's 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 plenty of content. There's plenty of content down there to get into. This fucking seventeen percent beer's giving me instant heartburn. Well, that's no good. You oh, get it down. I'm an old man. I'm gonna drink it. Never leave a man behind, mate. I'm like a general, mm. and that beer is my my troop, and this microphone <laughs> is my Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> West Ham uh, really went out in a stifling fashion. I thought their formation. So apparently they hadn't been playing in in a four two three one prior to this in the in the first two games. But they definitely set out early on to sit and break. I mean, what ended up transpiring oh, was just well, wide open spaces. Isn't that a Shania Twain song? Wide open spaces. 
was. I don't even know. In fact, I think, I think it was. I used to like I used to like Shania Twain not for her music. We had fucking like teenage. Yeah, she was fucking crush. hot, man, and she had big titties. I think she loved cocaine as well. Like loved cocaine. She loved country yeah, music God. and cocaine. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be a fucking out there pod. Tiredness plus seventeen percent beer. Moving on. And I guess the last thing on the the formation was the super inverted wingers. Mikatarin and Awobi really um playing within the width mm. of the box and, and releasing the wing backs into, mm. into wide to try areas. And hit the byline. I think that's that's our new that's our new cutback tactic, which which I don't mind. Yeah, well, we're gonna concede a lot of fucking I, goals. Toby. I don't mind. A lot of goals this to, year. There has to be a shift from our central midfield pairing to take up those positions defensively. And you know, the the commentary in the match, you know, pointed to Guendouzi doing that over on the right hand side. Um, I think it was in the second half, early second half, and talking about that that wouldn't have happened in the in the Wenger era era. That was a tactical change in the second half that Gwendozi went and started filling in, and it was good. in the right it back. It was positive, role. you know, and and I think that's what we need, and hopefully that's where this team is going, and and playing together is starting to to mesh over time, you know, because you can't leave those fucking gaping spaces. I mean, we made West Ham look like world beaters, and it was pretty simple tactically. They would absorb our pressure, and then. You know, a couple of passes, counter, long ball, you know, in, into that wide area space. And um, what was his name? For, for, well, into one, into one well, particular wide area space through one particular amazing player who was well, just Well, I thought he was playing on the left, but me. he was actually playing just, before, just behind Arnautovic. So he, they, he was just finding... Well, what he ended up doing was he yeah. played in the space. He got pulled into where the space was, and where the space was was once again in the hole left behind from Bellerin, and we made him look like a how, fucking how world many leader, times have, have our has our shitness in the past? And I, I'm not calling him an average player, but I'm saying he, he's fairly unproven so far. But the amount of times we've made average players look like fucking world beaters in the past, and then we think, oh, you know, sign him up. And then they go and play the next few weeks and they look as average as they actually are because they weren't playing Arsenal. Who was um who was the Swansea? The one guy that who the one that Chambers? absolutely ripped Callum Chambers Were we apart. The same yep. thing then? Uh, yeah, uh, Mon Mon oh, Are we gonna have to go Mon Oxley Chamberlain absolutely got into Callum Chambers about it that he was still having bad Swansea. dreams about what, what right. do you reckon I would Google? No, left wing. Uh, Chambers, Chambers Holmes, Nightmare Game. Chambers. I reckon it started with an M. What are you uh, looking at? Jefferson Montero. Montero. I told you it started with an M. Well, that was a fucking long way to go around to make a point. It was. That basically but we were making we can the make same very point. average players look went good. The same place. There's other players. You know, there's there's Ashley Youngs in the Villa days. There's there's. Um, the lad from West Ham we were talking about last week, the sixteen-year-old oh, Reese Oxford. We made him look like a world, be- and he he can't even get in the team anymore as a sixteen-year-old, and he's a centre back as a holding midfielder. We made him look like the best player in the world. He he had our entire team in the, in his pocket. Who was the Spanish dude also for for Swansea, who came and scored all the goals, and we Me made too. him look like. So we have a long history of making average players look very... The Spanish man with the Japanese name. <laughs> that would be a hot combination. Spanish-Japanese chick. Mate, pretty much whenever you mix anything with anything in halves, it always mm. produces something good. Like black and white, mm. hot. Black and Asian, hot. Mm. Asian white, hot. Mm. Uh, Mexican... Filipino. I remember. Hot. I remember when I was younger. I met a half Jap, half Swedish chick. I reckon she was about the hottest thing I've ever seen. Oh yeah, still think about All it. All right, <laughs> is it in the bank? <laughs> All right, shit's in the bank. 
When times are tough, I go to, what'd you say she was? Swedish Japanese? Shap, mm, swapper, yeah. Japper. Swapper, Usu- Swapanese. Jappers, Stevens. Would be someone you actually had the pleasure of doing something with. <laughs> no, mate, I can get deep. I can get deep into imagination wank sometimes. You know, situations, <laughs> things that could happen. Oh, and then she said what? She said that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Get deep. Then the cat jumps on you like, no, get off me, cat. You fucking asshole. I'm going to go back to the start of the story, rewrite it. It's never going to be the same. It's never going to be as good. Man, at some point we have to get our shit together, Toby, and start talking about football. And I was like, six minutes on masturbating and interracial fucking combinations and imagination wanking. Should we, talk, should we talk about football? We've actually regressed in our first three pods. Fuck. Fuck, I'm so glad my wife only managed to make it like 19 seconds into our first pod before she decided never to listen to it again. The Aubameyang misfiring. You know, he will come good. Yeah, he's he's quality. He's gonna come good. He will, but I'm worried. The areas that he's getting himself into on a regular. There was an Henri touch. I, I I I again. I'd had a couple of beers when I watched the game, but there was an Henri touch where he did this little. He did this little open the body, and when he runs, he really chews up the ground. Uh, it sounds sounds fucking sounds fucking dumb what I'm saying, but no. there are guys who He's run a fucking gazelle. Jared Hayne, NRL, right? When Jared Hayne gets in open, open field, and he gets the burners on, and he gets his head up, you know, he runs like the a gazelle. Obamiang has that same the Hayne plane, bro. He's a piece of shit, but fuck, the guy can mm. run. When Obamiang gets into that open space. And he just gets and sets flight. I don't know. I've seen a guy since Henri who who runs like an athlete with the ball. He barely even touches the ground. And and he 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 made like a long range shot. He seriously connects the ball with those skinny legs. Oh, like, I wrote that one yeah. down. I just wrote down Condor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was only. Sorry, I'm pouring. Oh, I got wine in my beer. I've gone and got wine now. Yeah. I've already drunk my 17% beer. Um, mate, the connection with that ping that he hit was amazing. That was only a couple of inches above the bar as well. Yeah. But we'll get into to my worries about, about my yang a little bit later. I would say. So... Much like when a a young man, a young boy turns into a man or a a young girl flowers into a woman. Such was the introduction of that guy. It's like like a medieval fucking show. Danny Welbeck broke all the maiden's head. (laughs) Danny Welbeck (laughs) de-virginized the entire fucking Emirates. That guy, that guy... That guy, that flat top, that fucking guy. How big is he? How good is he? When he scored the goal, Toby, I reckon I nearly kicked Victoria off the bed. Yeah. And I was watching it on the iPad in yeah. bed. And she always knows when that guy scores because I basically run around the house screaming that guy because i got such a boner mm. for the Dukes. I fucking love mm. him. But not only that, but I thought when he came on, he fucking bullied their centre-backs. He is so fucking big. It's ridiculous. He's as, he looks as big now to me as an Andy Carroll. That's how big he looks to me. Like, he is so fucking dominant. Yeah. And his finish was lovely. He just stopped, took it, and fucking Look, smashed it. There's that two things about that finish. I'll, I'll put the negative on it first. He had time to boil the kettle, make a really <laughs> strong cup of tea, let it brew... Let it find the perfect blade of grass and then swivel and then cunt it. So we'll put yeah. the negative on it first, okay? Don't fucking negative my damn Shut it. the fuck up. Everything else about it was sensational. The first touch, the, 
the spin, the swivel. Wasn't his first chance either. He had two chances before that. There was a Fabianski save from a mm. header. And not only that, but he had a couple of those really lovely Danny Welbeck. What Danny does that I don't think people realize Danny does is he gets close to people because he's got such good close control. What he does is he gets into tight spaces and gets close to other attackers knowing he can turn them around the corner and release himself. Mm. Mm. Um, but just special. And I think that was exemplified in his first touch. The touch and turn in order to get himself in that position to pick a spot. Look, it was just exceptional. Right? And look, it, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Like we, We'd almost been done on the counter a couple of times before that. Lucas Perez... Fucked up. There was a cross right across the face of um, the six-yard oh, box. I, yeah. Oh my god. There was like two balls across you know? the face, and we were shitting ourselves. Ended we up turning it nothing, like normal. You know, but that finish put it was Vengarian. It was. It was. But um, that finish put everything to bed, and and I was actually calling for Welbs to replace Mkhitaryan on the right, even though I know he plays better off the left. You know, I, I would have actually kept Aubameyang on just because of his goal potential. Mkhitaryan was actually losing the ball quite a lot. That that threesome of Rambo, Mkhitaryan and Bellerin, it was breaking down quite numerous times with, with Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan looked cooked, physically cooked at the end to me. Like like he, he should have been and someone then, who got And then off. I was thinking through through my head, who who's, you know... We haven't heard a lot of Danny. All the all of the clickbait we've heard is about him going elsewhere. And I always thought, I reckon he stayed and didn't go anywhere because he believes that he has the skills and the ability to get into that team and make a difference. And I think a guy that's come through the youth system at Manchester United and has spent plenty of time on the bench seems to be pretty level-headed. Is quite happy to be a part of something rather than be the part. But we've also been saying, you called this from the start, Welbeck is an Emery type of player. You said this months ago in in pre-season. And we keep looking at our players. We look at your, we have issues with with Ozil. We have a look at Mkhitaryan. We have issues with with Ramsey. All not having the, the power to actually break lines, to press, you know, what what Welbeck you know has? Got that power? What Welbeck has? Danny fucking Welbeck. With, without the the finishing, but he showed his finishing potential. Is all of those things? He's good in tight spaces. He's got power, explosive power to run in behind. He's defensively aware. He's magnificent in tight spaces and bringing other people into it. And his movement is fantastic. So, without having too much of a Danny Welbeck boner. I don't think anyone could ever have too much of a Danny Welbeck boner. That's like saying I had too much of a stripper's titties in my face. Correct. So, you know, even though I would have preferred him to start on, to, to come on on the right, he made a difference on the left. And the fact that he actually, Aubameyang went off and there was an improvement, it, it, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't incredible from the start, but, the, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't beat everyone. He didn't set the world alight, but he really gave more pressure to their defence on that side. And then... Aubameyang is 29. It might take a bit more than two games to get his engine started. And I'll give you some stats about Cristiano Ronaldo. Right? Last year, four games to get a goal. The year prior to that, seven games to get a goal. The older boys, they need to be cranked you know, they've probably got different bodies, different physiques, different physiological physiology. <laughs> fuck. Can you help me out here, mate? Physiological, you fuck. Different physiological structures, right, than what the young guys do. The young guys are hitting the ground running. You're getting doozies. He's got no load, you know, no scar tissue, no nothing on his body. He's just hitting the ground running. He's going, right? He's like, you know, a jack rabbit. He's like a, a, a twenty-two-year-old fucking. Who is? Gwendozi. He's like a twenty-two-year-old fucking, a nineteen to twenty-two-year-old fucking. Dickhead. I'm not talking about him directly. I'm talking about you know males. I lost my whole point. Anyway, I just think there is a different physiological structure to someone like Obamiang 
and maybe he's not going to hit the ground running. Don't forget when we got him from Dortmund, he had a whole season of football. He was fit. He was going. He was ready to go. Maybe the same thing about Xhaka. Mm. Riddle me this. Front three, Cardiff, going to sit deep. Front three, Welbeck, Aubameyang, Lacazette. What, Welbeck on the right? Yeah, why not? No. No, don't be a dick. No, it gives me a fluttering in my loins. Like, that would be something... Do you not think that that three interchanging, that Lacazette dropping deep, Welbeck going beyond, Aubameyang running in... Welbeck going beyond, Aubameyang going beyond, in that inverted inverted triangle, are you telling me that you don't think that that's worth one No, that makes me a little bit hard. In a game against Cardiff. That makes me a little bit hard. There's been a lot of penis (laughs) talk today. (laughs) There's there's a couple of reasons for that. Our goal. Just before we move into our three, two, ones... I came up with a weekly question for the pod. And if anyone wants to sort of hit us back, um, I would need to come up with a Twitter handle. I will put in the link of this, mine and Toby's new Twitter handles, which we have not set up yet. It will probably be Ask Brothers Max and Ask Brothers Toby. But my question for the pod, my question for our listeners is this. And in fact, Toby, my question for you, because I want your input here. How much of Arsenal's season relies on Torreira being the Kante of this year? I don't believe there's anyone else who can do it. And when he came on, he showed exactly how important he is within the transfer strategy of Arsenal and exactly how important he is to the way that Emery wants to play. For me, he is completely as important as a, as a Kante. He, he, he opens up and, and we're going to get to it eventually. But for me... Instead of him changing the game in terms of his forward play, his ability to enable our other players to play to their strengths points to how important he is to the rest of our season. And he, for me, is the guy that we've been crying out for for fucking years, let alone the fact that he is only 22 years old. So he might just be the fulcrum. I mean the thing absolutely, that and, makes and fulcrum is the, the perfect word for it. Because and I think back to someone like Gilberto, who essentially did this role, pulled into the middle of the centre backs. Gilberto a little bit different in the sense that he made himself a third centre back. But I mean, when people look at the Invincibles, a, a lot of frame. people, a, yeah, a lot of people will pull out a lot of names about the Invincibles, a lot of different names about how good this guy was or how good this guy was or. What sort of a player some other dude There's certain was. enablers in the team, isn't there? Yeah, you know, there are guys who allow other people to do their job. I'm, And I just feel like Torreira is a guy who if maybe, just maybe, you got enough into Aaron Ramsey's fucking thick skull to say you are a number eight cunt. In your best season, you are averaging four, four point something tackles per game, 4.2 tackles per game. Yep. Good in tight spaces. Yeah. Can Great in tight forward. spaces. Ball recoveries. Late runs into the box. Big Absolutely. engine. And I wonder if Torreira is that guy. I wonder if Torreira is the enabler. You know, the guy who comes to the party with the bag of drugs. Mm. And says, hey, you know, didn't see you there, champ. No, Maybe you want no. one. Hey, I'm really generous. I'm really cashed up. I might even like to get new customers for the future. Hey, you know, hey, maybe. hey there, slightly awkward but huge potential midfielder sitting beside maybe me. Maybe you'd like to try. Maybe, maybe you'd like to try this. Maybe you could, maybe be you could go new, on and, and have a purple patch. Maybe you can be my new mate. Bang a you couple. Know, I bang wonder a if Torreira is that enabler, Toby. I wonder if he's that guy. I want to know: Is Torreira Arsenal's drug dealer? Um, I wonder if Torreira is the fucking guy. I wonder if Torreira is that guy who's going to allow everyone else to get high while he just sits back and watches. Yeah, you know, while he's counting the fucking dollars, yeah. Toby. Yeah. Yes. And, and that is magnificent, magnificent vision that you've created. I, I wonder I, I if just... you only think that because of how much alcohol you've consumed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Leave it in, take it out. Who knows? <laughs> three, two, ones, one, two, threes. Toby, let me have a buddy. All right. Three, Lacazette for changing the game. Two, Torreira for shoring things up to allow Xhaka to play. One, Xhaka for his second half performance. Oh, really? Yep. Dude, you and I are going to fucking go at it. Like we went at it about Mkhitaryan last week. Mine, positive. Three, Aaron Ramsey. Tactically disciplined, quality on the ball, made everything tick, looked the most technical player on the pitch. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Number two, Lacazette. Huge difference. Three chances within the first, I think it was seven minutes. Yeah. Essentially got the goal, made everything tick. Yeah. My number one I gave to Mkhitaryan. Yeah. His first half performance was good enough for me to warrant him getting a point. Completely. I've got two little caveats on there. Yep, yep. No, what were you going to say? No, no, no. My, I, I really struggled with this this week, and I, I really want to make a point of this, of how difficult it was. I had about half the team and half the team, and I, I basically, everyone played about the same. So it was really difficult to, to do it. So a I actually gave one. my points out of 10 to be able to work this out. Yeah. The amount of players I had on sixes and sevens yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah. Except for the guys at my bottom three. Can I also throw out a couple of exceptional mentions? Who I think That's what really I wanted to could, do as well. So Really could have warranted a point. If you could do this first, and then I'll do my shout-outs straight after you. And this is where I think you and I might be more similar. So... So, my two shout-outs went, number one, to Socrates. There is a foul that Socrates puts on on the halfway line where he's caught very high up and he just fucks shit up. cynical foul. Perfect. Grabs the ball, throws it away, something that Arsenal haven't had for so long. Yeah. And I love it. Not to mention the cunt's nose looks like a Spartan helmet. This is... Sparta is exactly what I expect in Socrates a Scottish accent because that's what foul. Spartans were. No, man, I've got a manhorn for Jared Butler. Jared Butler is my like dude. Oh. If you said you've got to buff a dude, I would buff Jared Butler. These are my reasons why. Number one, if I'm going to buff a dude, I don't want to buff a lady dude. If I'm going to get buffed or I'm going to buff a man, I want to know that the reason why I have been buffed are you is because buff I have been or the taken. Buffy, though? I don't know. Either way, I don't know whether no, I get no, a choice no. in this situation, Gerard Butler Toby. is the buffer, no doubt. Yeah, so then I'm getting buffed. So if I've got to get buffed by a man, <laughs> I want to be taken. I want to be taken, Toby, and I want to be. I want to know for, that I've been taken. For Sparta. For Sparta. You know, I want him to scream it before he enters me. But... <laughs> I just choked on my... But anyway, there, there were quite a lot of commendable performances. In an absolute defensive shoot throwing. Yeah, which is really, re- really hard because you've got all these guys who kind of picked up good ones. But I guess that's what people need to understand, that the 3-2-1s and the 1-2-3s, the, the positives and the minuses, you basically have to find six players, right? So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing that we're doing because you have to find six players. You've got to find six guys who are good and six guys who are bad. And the six guys who are bad aren't necessarily always going to be really bad. No. And I struggled this week and I rang you up on, must have been, what, Monday and said to you, I think I need a, some kind of parameter to choose mm. how I've chosen my 3-2-1. Mm. And my 3-2-1 and for that matter my 1-2-3, the way I ended up choosing them was I decided who did their primary role. We spoke about this last week about primary roles. Who is the person, if you were sitting with a clipboard in front of you, with this is what you need to do, this is what I expect you to do. I gave Ramsey three because of his performance against City, which was dog shit. So I gave him three because he came into the midfield and for me, he sat, he did what he needed to do, he connected play, he played more of that number eight role, even though he was playing a number 10 role, because I still feel like it was more of a four one, two, three, or a four, three, three with a deep line midfielder. Yeah. I gave Lacazette my two because as a guy coming off the bench, what you want is effect, and he had massive effect. 
I gave Mikatarian my one because in that system, I felt that his role was to release Bellerin and he released Bellerin. I really like all those points and I really struggled. My shout outs for my potential ones were to Monreal for what he Agreed. Co- for what he copes with and, and how he, he just makes us better. Not only did he score a goal, but he was positionally aware he made us less vulnerable down that edge. A shout out to Rambo for being solid and quality beyond the other players. He he really did show more now on the ball, tenacity, some some forward runs, all of those things. But I just want to see him deeper. In, in, in what's more natural for him. And a shout-out to Mkhitaryan as well, you know, about how good he was. He lost a lot of possession, but he was the one that was put under the most pressure because he was the release ball to Bellerin or Ramsey or Aubameyang or whoever he was linking up with. So Mkhitaryan probably is my, like, most improved, like your sort of participation award type of thing. He for- faded horrifically at the end of the match, well, though. Well, this is where I was calling for him to be subbed with Wells. As it turns Dana, out... Which would have given me my boner front three. Yeah. So should we move Should we move on to the one, two, three now? Negative one, two, three. Let's do it. Toby. Oh, for me. Okay. Negative one, All right. Toby. Once Negative again, one. hard. But I actually put Bellerin. I found this... Particularly difficult, and yes, I also had Bellerin. So Bellerin for not being able to defend, but the caveat is that the team needed to cover him, and he was the main attacking outlet on the right. Argument against. I also had Bellerin for a number one. The reason why I had Bellerin for number one was because I still believe that regardless, if you have a seven or eight out of ten going forward, and your primary role is to defend, then you cannot have a 2 out of 10. Here is my argument as to why. If you look at how much came down Bellerin's side versus how much came down Monreal's side, what Monreal is is he is a more experienced defender. And what Monreal does is he looks at the game differently. He says, my primary role is to defend, even if also my secondary role is to press. And what Monreal worked out was that when he needed to drop off, he dropped off. And when he could get forward, he got forward. My issue with Bellerin is that he doesn't seem to ever read the game enough from a defensive prospect to work out when he needs to drop off. He doesn't And I drop feel off. that he gets too knackered because of how much he puts into the overlap to actually track back. We think of these players as robots. I remember when I used to play, like, if I were to coach these days, fitness would be such a bigger part of anything I gave credence to. In the past. Uh, Tottenham? Oh, ab- absolutely. As much as it makes me feel mm. like I just rubbed dog shit all over my own face. Yeah. Oh, he's the best manager in the... Do you not think he's the best manager oh, in the Imagine in the if Man U had signed him. Oh, Poch. Mm. I'd love to do a Sol Campbell on Poch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't know where you're going there, but absolutely. Oh, it would be the ultimate yeah. to do a soul Campbell yeah. on Poch. Yeah. You know, to say, "Hey, hey, Poch, hey, champ, hey, buddy, you speak English now." Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. hey. Your buddy. new ground. Hey, your pal. new ground looks like a bit of a toilet seat. Your ground looks bit, like a fucking toilet bit of a shithole. You know, and your, and your fucking strikers an Arsenal lad anyway. Maybe you should, you know, bring him over That's here. That's right. Not to mention that Lucas Moura motherfucker. Yeah. Where did that motherfucker come from? I know where PSG he came from, obviously. He was a big deal. No, I, that was not what I, I was talking about. <laughs> Fuckhead. I mean, where did he come from in comparison to when he was signed? Yes, yes. Any, anyway, Max, let's get back onto our point. So. Negative one. Both of us. Bellerin. Correct. Dereliction of duty. Correct. Negative two. For Toby. me, Gwendozi. Oh, oh, ouch. Ouch. For me, it wasn't because he played so badly. It was more that what he is was exposed more in this game. What I wrote was defensively poor. Can't carry him and Xhaka in the same team. He needs a rest now and he needs to gain some experience in the cup competition, which is what he was signed for in the first place. So he has done an exemplary role 
played way beyond what we ever expected of him, shown a huge fucking potential for us in the future. And now probably mentally and physically drained from this intensity and the responsibility, let's just drop him down and let's let's see how he goes. Now we know we've created a player that can come in and perform at least adequately in clutch moments. So that's my reason for giving him a two rather than being incredibly poor. There was a few... You've been a bit of a dick about these negative numbers. How so? Oh, last week you fucking smashed Mikatarian on a negative three. Yeah. You've gone and done delightful sideshow Bob Balls on a negative two. That's my opinion. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like it, mate. You're divisive. Mm. You're divisive. The show can't be all about masturbation and interracial love. So my negative two was really funny because initially I actually had negative two for a Wobi. And what I decided was that if I was going to base my my plus three and my negative three on duties, that I couldn't feasibly give it to a Wobi. So Because he did his jobby job. He did his job. I mean, not a lot came down through his side early on. Um. Yeah. So what I ended up doing? Bad, no, he? no. I mean, and that's the thing, you know, with with positives and and negatives. Positives are often quite easy, and the negatives are really difficult because. Sometimes mm. you do have everyone in the team played as a six, not as a four or a three or a, you know, a one. When's anyone ever had a one? Um, but initially I did have a Wobi as my number, as my minus two, and I said he was quiet, you know, he was maybe less influential, and I actually changed that. And my negative two is actually Aubameyang. Mm. Yep. Again, if you're going to give someone like Bellerin minus numbers for dereliction of duty, Aubameyang, as much as I have made the point that maybe he is not at the races yet, he's not physically ready to go yet, he is 29, it might take him a bit of time to get cranked up. Um, He's still a guy who is there to score goals, and when you started in that position and you're not scoring the goals, I think that that is in some way not to the same extent, dereliction of duty, but in some way not performing to the level of what is expected for you. Mm. Who was your negative three? I always think negative negative three is a is a really big number because negative one is often like this guy wasn't, you know, he was a bit anonymous or he, he had a couple of turnovers. Negative two is often like, oh, you know, this guy, he didn't do his job or he... he you know, maybe he wasn't at the races this day. Negative mm. three is like, eat a dick, cunt. I fucking hate this motherfucker. Mm. Well, this is going to be really polarizing and this was really tough for me. I find a bit of solace in in, in your previous rating because I've actually gone for the, the major dereliction of duty slash balls of actually being a Bamiyang. For me, this isn't, an indictment of what he can do. No, and for me, I said I that with the number two. I said that with the two as well. I am not yeah, writing this guy off. I'm just saying if your primary no. responsibility is to score goals and you're not yeah. scoring goals, you're going to get yeah. minus points, yes? That's right. And and he doesn't provide a lot else to the team. Like, he is quite... That's what he's there to do. He's not He's not fantastic from the left wing. Doesn't link the play. Oh, I tell you what, he does link the play when Lacazette's on the pitch. Him and Lacazette have an understanding. They do. They do. So I can't believe you minus three'd him. I'm really enjoying yeah. what you're all about this year, Toby. I'm, I'm fucking... <laughs> I'm loving it. You're just rolling the dice. Maybe it's my role to be polarising... With so many six and sevens in our team, and so many performances that are that are so so, or or people who their game is so reliant on other people, I just felt his primary duty hasn't been fulfilled. And and like I said, I don't feel like it's an indictment of him as a character. I really like him. Uh, I still think he'll succeed. I still think he could be a 25 30 goal a year striker. I still think he will be a 25 30 goal a year striker. I just think he needs to warm into it. This score is for not providing the thing that he does best and what he did at the end of last season as he doesn't bring a, a whole lot else, you know. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> you sound like our mum. <laughs> Maybe I was a little harsh on 
Granite Jacker because since then the stats have come out that he actually won, and I said this earlier on, he won 70% of his duels. He was fucking good. No, he fucking wasn't. In the second half. He wasn't good until he was moved into a position that suited him. So if Which we're going back to colors. primary roles, yeah? yeah, if that's what I based my 3-2-1s on was primary roles, mm. Granite Jacker's primary role was to be the defensive midfielder. And the way I see a yeah. defensive midfielder modern day is almost as a sweeper. Correct. Someone who, who, who Correct. glides in front of the back two, fills in at right back, fills in at left back. In order to do that, you need to have athleticism. In order to have athleticism, you need to have legs. Granite Jacker is basically running on stumps that started just underneath of his fucking balls. That is how unathletic the motherfucker is. Like fucking Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Granite Jacker is Lieutenant Dan. But you ain't got no I legs, Lieutenant I thought I'd come Lieutenant in here and get Dan. my sea legs. But you ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Granite Jacker is fucking Lieutenant Dan. He's fucking on a shrimp boat. He's not catching any motherfucking shrimp because there's a storm and the motherfucker has no legs. From now on, Toby, and for all of our listeners, we are only referring to Granite Jacker as Lieutenant Dan. Toby, do you think that I was being particularly harsh on Obama yet? Or do you think that if we're kind of going after this season, you and I seem to have been coming back to this kind of primary role thing all season... Am mm. I being harsh? Mm. Uh, are you being harsh on Aubameyang for a minus three? I think I had him for a minus two, so we got him for minus five points. I think this year we've got him for something like minus nine points altogether. Do you think that this is a matter of time, Toby, or do you think this is a matter of system? Do you agree with someone like Clive from the Arsenal Vision who really went hard in the preseason that this guy needed to find space out wide? I don't know. Don't forget, Henri used to pull into that fucking space a lot. Whether or not that was his starting position, Henri, that position on the left was all Henri. Yes, agreed. And and I see I see a lot of um, resemblance with that. He's no Henri. He covers ground very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no one is Henri. Yeah, but wide left and space, and the fact that he doesn't have the physicality, and the fact that he's got a you know, a good relationship with Lacazette. This is definitely an option for us. I don't think we can um, nail our colours to the mask. Mast. I, I, I really don't. We're trying to figure out our best team, and a best team isn't necessarily a best eleven. Um, my my thoughts were that the reason he scored those points were he doesn't bring a lot else, and that he's had three unimpactful games so Primary far. Primary roles. And I think when you have a guy who has a primary role yep. Yep. and doesn't do any secondary or... What, what I've also said about Bamiang is he needs a more cohesive midfield around him to thrive. Okay, And that's where we've got to find the players around him and maybe even the opposition to allow him in behind or to be the finisher that we need him to be. Completely agreed. But as long as he's not doing his primary role, then... He needs he's, to be named not, and shamed, He's not going to get points. Named and shamed. Um, named and shamed. So let's move into the next segment. So, Toby, anything in the media watch that really caught your eye? Anything that either you thought was just bullshit, clickbait? No, look, no, no, no. Not from not from the negative sense so far. I mean, we've got the um, we've got the hearsay and conjecture about Ozil and his illness, his spats with Unai Emery. I I have been on the opinion for a while when... um, I'll I'll just put a little um, point in before I go on this rant. He was a fucking phenomenal player in a few weeks leading up to his contract. He pressed, he harried, he worked his fucking hole off. I felt like he really earned something in a period of time that he needed to. And ever since he signed that agreement, and I was overjoyed because I really felt a likeness to to like a Burkamp or someone. You and I spoke about this. When, when it was the Sanchez or Ozil argument, you and I made an argument and we both agreed 
that given the opportunity to sign someone up on $300,000 per year, we both felt that Ozil had a longer lifespan than Shelf Sanchez. Life. Absolutely. Ab- absolutely. And we like him to a lot of his um, attributes to a Dennis Burkamp, who could play till he was 36, 37. Dennis, I miss you, buddy. Come back. Play with that. <laughs> Come back, but um, don't play. Just coach. Yeah, so just don't play. <laughs> What it is, is Mesut Ozil, a forward or a midfielder? One of a front three or one of a midfield three? Answer I, the question. I, no, front, front. Mesut Ozil, part of a front three. But if Ramsey is going to play in that number 10 role behind them, he mm. needs to be tactically aware to run into that space to release Bellerin. Yeah. Did you buy into the fact that Mesut Ozil may or may not have been sick? I think it's like seven times or eight times the dude's been sick recently. I wonder whether or not a lot of those sick days are are, are mental-driven, mental issues. I very much buy into that thought. I mean, it, it's it's only speculation, but these players are human and, and someone with that level of um, magnificence, but he, his demeanour, you can you can really tell that he he isn't... I really feel that he isn't a natural leader. He's not a scruff-of-the-neck type of player. And and he feeds off his own confidence and the way people feed around him. I just don't think the way you need to be in the Premiership these days, you can have that pure, creative player. You know, your Matt Letizia type of player that that a team can carry. I, I just I, I just don't see it anymore. I mean, I would love him to prove me wrong. And I know his, his ability is beyond most of the others, if not all the others in the squad. You know, I think there's something to this. And, and I think Emery has to assert a bit of dominance, the way he was bullied, you know, or not giving the, the absolute power that a coach needs to, to have at PSG. He's asserting his authoritar over players like Ozil and Ramsey, and I think it's a fucking good thing. And if Ozil can prove me right, I'm as happy as Larry. If Ozil proves me wrong, rather, I'm as happy as Larry. If Ozil proves me right, I don't give a fuck because the next player will come in and do more of a job for the shirt. And I think that's the most important thing. Sunday, the 2nd of the 9th, 10.30pm, if you're living in Australia, Cardiff City, Neil Warnock. I think he is the most relegated manager of all time. Maybe Has Steve he Bruce. got a fucking wig or not? No, he doesn't have a fucking wig. He's, He's got false teeth. Anyway, relegation fodder, Cardiff City, probably the closest to Derby County that we've had since fuck knows when. Arsenal by a million? Let's let's count this as a banker. It has to be. Arsenal by a million. I would really love to see a Lacazette Aubameyang. No, we have we we have to we have to here. We have to here. Yeah, this is the game, yeah. This is the game. Start Lacker. Terrera and Jacker. As, as the base. Okay, we well, Toby, that. take me take me through your team. I want you to start with goalkeeper. Let's go. All right. Okay. Check. Yes. Check. Check. Bellerin, Mustafi, Socrates, Mineral, Terreira, Deepest, Xhaka, Ooh. Beyond. As the, as yeah, the pivot, yeah pivot. you know what? I'll give it to you. I thought that, you know, I gave him my minus three because he was a shit cunt during his role as a defensive midfielder, but I gave him that minus three based on him playing a defensive midfielder, not him playing a number eight. Yeah, so Torreira, Xhaka. Yep, who right. plays the then other midfield I, role. Then I would have either Ramsey or Ozil. I, I, I think you have to bring Ozil back into the team just to, yep. to quash the media bullshit. Yeah, well, I'm I'm happy to bench Ramsey. It, it, it is not a problem, especially with the contractual situa- situation. And then I would play Lacazette through the middle, Aubameyang on the left, and Mkhitaryan on the right. Here is how I would differ for the front three. I would play Welbeck, Aubameyang, and Lacazette. And I <laughs> think we would just fucking have sex with Cardiff City. I mean, loving sex. I'm telling you, Danny Welbeck is going to play his way back into this team. I guarantee you, I will make this call right now. Danny Welbeck to sign a contract 
by January with a two-year extension. Okay, quick one. Got to stop doing that. Keep doing it. Arsenal old boys. Theo scored again. Oh, magnificent. Magnificent on the weekend. And was the reason why the other... Got another guy red carded, which was shot on goal. And really, apart from the fact that he would give us no defensive cover on the right, I really felt that we could have used his power, dynamism, and physical... He physic- would have given and- us as much defensive cover as Bellerin. When and, you think and about fin- that, and it's fucked up. And finishing ability. No, no, no I, I know, I know. But from a team that's really lacked goals the last couple of years, you know, there's oh, something what about... What did Theo score? 19? Was it 19 in his last year? And everyone was like, oh man, Theo Walcott's fucking shit. 19 fucking goals. It wasn't 19 in his last year, but... Wasn't it? 17. 16. I don't even think it was that, but... 14? Anyway. However many he scored, I I thought every one of them was amazing. Yeah. You've just completely destroyed yourself as any creditable pundit. I'm not a credible pundit. Yeah. Uh, didn't read a lot about Callum Chambers. As no, as I haven't caught up boys. on that either. I know they won 4-2 against Burnley, which is pretty huge. Don't think Burnley would have pushed them that much in the back three. Yeah, um, but I mean, Burnley were defensively sound in the past, so I think I think their Europa League escapades might Do be, you remember um, when Everton made Europa yeah. League... And nearly yeah. got themselves fucking relegated. I think it was under Moyes. Nearly got themselves relegated. Uh, you know, it, I, yeah, I think that yeah. uh, Sean Dyche is smart enough not to Hans Gruber the team. <laughs> Hans Gruber. Don't fucking Hans Gruber them, mate. What happens is, right, you're standing on a rooftop. Bruce Willis is going to oh, throw you off a fucking ha- rooftop. Hans Gruber's diehard, yeah? Yeah. Oh. So what basically happens is you're on a rooftop. Right? You're Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber is Burnley going hard at the Europa League. Bruce Willis is Burnley deciding, fuck the Europa League. We will just play the way we're going to play and we're going to finish 10th in the Premier League again. So, so do Burnley not is let trying to fuck Bruce Willis, Hans Gruber, the entire thing. You're an idiot. But I love your diehard connotations. Oh, mate, diehard's the greatest... So I don't really know how much more we can sort of shoot the shit on this game. I mean, I did call it a feces-throwing monkey instead of a cheater in full flight. Also, at the top of the game, I did say that I thought it was our worst performance out of the three. I know you've got a bit of a different view on it, Toby. I just want to hear your last points, your last ideas, where you think you're at, and finally, a score against Cardiff. Go for it, champ. All right, well, look... I thought it was a performance of two halves and I'm, I truly feel positive that I feel that we found something in that second half. And one of the reasons I feel so positive is, is a couple of things like our, our opposition with Cardiff in the next game. But the fact that Xhaka played so well when he was enlightened, let's say, by Torreira in, in his rightful position. The fact that Torreira remains deep allows Xhaka to pick his forward passes from a bit of a kind of a quarterback perspective. I know a number eight isn't necessarily that because there's more defensive accountabilities, let's say, but Xhaka was a, was a huge point of difference for us in that second half. And I really feel that that's been underreported the last couple of I days. I gave him negative three. Yeah, well, I, I didn't. So I think he. So you he was, felt he did enough, even though he yeah. was negative three in the first half. You felt he yeah. wasn't at least positive three in the second half. I think he was negative two in the first half and like a positive two in the second half. Hence my scoring. I I can get down with that, mm. but then again, you know, I've drunk one. 750 mil bottle of 17.5% beer and now a bottle of Mandala Yarra Valley Rosé. Oh, nice. But anyway, we need to make some sense of this. So for for the next game, I I really think we found something. I think Cardiff are going to be a team that we really should swat aside. And if we don't, 
there's there's some issues. So line up and score. I'm saying three one because we will concede because we're Arsenal. Uh, front to back, I'm going to say Czech, Bellerin, uh, Socrates, Mustafi, Monreal, Torreira, deepest. I will say Xhaka will start. I'm going to go for Özil just because I think something needs to be said. Uh, and then I'm going to go Abamyang, Lacazette and Mkhitaryan on the right. That's going to be my start. So my team is Czech at the back, Lichsteiner off the right, just because I think Bellerin needs a break. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have Socrates, the Spartan, uh, and Mustafi. I'm going to have yeah. Monreal because he's going to play until he's 40. Uh, for me, I'm going to have Torreira. I think I will have Ramsey out of the number eight and Ozil yeah. out of the 10, just because I think that if any game we're going to have those two guys play out of the two eights, inverted commas, as in we're going to play a 4-1-2-3-1. I think that you're looking at that back four and then Torreira and then Ozil and Ramsey and then Aubameyang, Lacazette and Mkhitaryan. Because if you're going to get at anyone, you're going to get at Cardiff. They're fucking fodder. So you're not going to whip your dick out and swipe them with whelps in the front three? No, I mean, look... Even though that's what you were saying 10 minutes ago. No, that was my dream, Toby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't think Danny Welbeck's going to play, but if he did, I would love him. I would love Danny yeah. to play. And I hope he gets yeah. a run again, because I thought he was good coming on. You know, and I think that's what Arsenal's about under Emery. Making changes, yeah. doing different shit. And can yeah. we just please, Toby, just take a second. I know it's hard, Toby. I know it's hard. I know it's hard for you. I know it's hard for me. Right? Can we just take a second? Even though Tottenham won, can we not take a second to just love Manu getting fucking done? So, Toby, I reckon that should just about round us up this evening on one of the drunkest podcasts that anyone has ever recorded. Uh, To any of you who didn't enjoy that, we apologize. And to anyone who did, fantastic. We, uh, I guess in some way, we enjoyed making it. Uh, from Toby and I here at the Ask Brothers Rankcast, we say good night and promise a better pod next week. Seriously, mate, that episode is going to come out sometime in fucking October. Yeah, there was so much more good stuff in it, but it was so poorly structured and just us getting drunk and talking shit. Yeah, that was shit. That was fucking shit. All right, night.